this is Keeper. You're listening to the Feedback Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's back with the Feedback Podcast. And in this episode, I get to talk to the very talented Ginger Lee. And she's from a family of artists, like five generations deep of musicians, artists, performers, you name it. So we talk about growing up in such a family. We talk about her inspiration, the songwriting, the performances, uh, the travels. Uh, and she has stories for days. So you're definitely going to enjoy this one. And make sure you stick around for the end of the show because she gives us little acapella. So whether you're a fan of hers or you're just finding out about her through this podcast, you're definitely going to enjoy it. I was blown away personally. I was sitting right here in front of her and she was singing her heart out. So that was pretty dope. As always, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Follow the feedback. BAK, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you like what I'm doing, just share it with your friends. This is the Feedback Podcast. I do this every week, and it's all about the Austin scene, the nightlife, the artists, the DJs, and all the people that make it what it is. All right, let's go. All right, we're live. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast. My name is Back, and today I get to talk to the very talented and multi-talented Gingerly, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. How are you back? I am good. Thank you for coming. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, I have the pleasure of talking with you. No, 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 no. Come on now. Come Usually on when now. I run into I, you, we're dancing That's together. true. That is true. We dance freaks. That's what we do. That's right. And you brought along your friend Janine. How you doing? Hi. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for coming too. Thank <laughs> you for having me. You need to know this. Her last name is Rock. R-O-C-K. So it's J-Rock. J-Rock. J-Rock, yeah. yes. Nice. I mean, what? <laughs> I'll call you J-Rock for the rest of the show. Oh, J-Rock, you want to say something? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Love it. And welcome to you all who are tuning in uh, on the internets and the interwebs on Mixler um, and in the chat. Thank you for tuning in. Now, I will turn on uh, the phones in a little bit. I'll have the, I'll put up the phone number in the chat. If you want to write it down, you feel free. It's 512-539-0225. But we're going to get a conversation started. And first of all, do you remember how I met you? You know Ginger? what? I remember, I actually remember you more through the Formula One Party Blue that, that I produced. Yes. That's how I remember you. Oh, Jeff introduced us. Okay, Strange. Jeff Strange, yes. I like, love my Jeff Strange. He was like, back, you have to meet this, this lady. This lady, what am I saying? Oh, come on. Nah. You if, some, this girl. If, if more people call me lady and ma'am, I think I'm just going to, you know, I'm <laughs> just go... Jump off! Of, no, I no, won't no, do no, that. No. I won't so do you that. Got, you I have to be my good friend, Ginger. Oh, good. Yes. No, he said you, my hot, sexy friend, Ginger. I'm sure she did. He I'm did. I'm sure he did. I he was, did. I was. I was. I, was I remember. I just know. Actually, I just know Jeff Strange. <laughs> <laughs> it was implied, and I understood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sexy lady, maybe. Wait, and uh, J Rock. Yes, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> How do you know Ginger? I know Ginger through a trip to Italy, basically. About five years ago, she was setting up a trip, and um, one of my friends was going at the time, and I didn't know the group, but I knew the friend that I went with, and I met Ginger through this trip, and um, it was, we spent, basically got trapped in London Heathrow for three days, and um, there was seven of us that were there at the time, and uh, we just kind of made the best of it since we were in the airport for three days, and 
finally getting to our destination of where we were going and just had a fabulous time. We've been friends ever since. A couple of things about that being <clears throat> trapped. We were trapped in London Heathrow Airport because it was snowing all over Europe in a major way, right? Uh-huh. And I, don't, I don't think in a major way, but... I well, think it, it was, was a pretty bad one. I mean, a lot of travelers <laughs> remember this right. uh, terrible travel situation. But, you know, we're there and we, we would get to leave in the evening and go stay in a hotel, which the first night American Airlines paid for, the second night right. they... It was iffy if they were going to pay for it. I think it may have been the third night that Janine or J-Rock over here started kicking some serious <laughs> ass. She's like kicking some British ass going, you're going to put us in a motherfucking hotel. And, you know, excuse me, mom. But anyway. It's all right. We're grown folks. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's part of the story that's really great. Another part of the story was it's day three and we have to get to a show in Italy. So I'm, I'm playing a show on the Italian Riviera in a town called Albenga. And it's a winter festival that takes place in a theater. The, uh-huh. the show is called Sulla Testa. And John Pointer was also performing on this. He's an incredible musician. He's We've known each other for 20 years or so. We studied Italian together, actually. He is my baby daddy. Even though he's married now, we never had a baby together. But he's still my baby daddy. <laughs> and John Pointer. Love you, John. <laughs> love you, John. And John Pointer was, had already arrived there. And uh, he was supposed to play the following night. I was supposed to play this particular evening mm-hmm. we're on our third day we're on this in this long line we're with thousand a few thousand people and there's this italian guy sitting in front of us and he has a, a classical guitar with him which was awesome right we're all like yay and i have a guitar of course yeah and um what was even better was they had a duty-free bag like a zipped up duty-free <laughs> bag that had a, a an unopened <laughs> bottle of maker's mark oh so you know, to carry it on, you can't open that duty-free bag. Right. And there's no to. carrying on happening. I mean, we know we are stranded. So he turns around and says, you know, you know, do you want to open this bottle of wine? I mean, bottle of uh, Maker's Market. And we're like, look at the watch. Like, oh, it's 11 o'clock a.m. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> because we're not, there's nothing else to do, right? We've been and, standing in line for hours at this point anyway. Anyway, yeah. in the queue line, so. Exactly. And one of the other people on the trip is named Hedda Lane, Hedda, L-A-Y-N-E, Hedda Lane. And she's one of my oldest friends as well, also a performer and just killer, awesome. And so she's in line too. So before we know it, the guy's got his guitar out. We've got the bottle going around and we're singing Summertime and, you know, cover songs and originals. And This is where? This is in the airport. airport. In the airport. Yeah, like Terminal 3. Yes. Yeah. No, Terminal show. 5. I five. think it was th- five. Terminal 5, yes. We landed in 3. We had to shift over to 5. So we st- were stuck in 5. For three days. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we got to leave, but we were so tired and pissed off. That Wait, so you started playing. So we started playing music while we're drinking the Maker's Market at 11 o'clock in the morning. There's about 3,000 people there. And I start playing that song, you know, 25 years and my life is still trying to get up that great big hill of hope. You know that one? You know? No, I don't, but this is this is beautiful. You don't know that one? I'm yeah. from France. I don't <laughs> that's, that's gonna be my alibi though. Yeah, whatever. I'm it from was, Africa too. It was huge over there. But anyway, and the, the chorus ahead. is like, you know, what's going on, right? Like, yeah. what's going on? It's this huge big voice song, which yeah. I'm not about to do because I'll blow this radio microphone out. <laughs> anyway, so a lot of people know this song. Also, people from France who were there. Uh. And <laughs> next thing you we know, me. we've got like I don't know. I mean, we have video footage of it. Probably 
hundreds and hundreds of people start singing along. Hundreds of oh, people. Nice. So yes. I stand up and I just even stop playing the guitar and I'm like, sing it. And so we get this terminal in, in Heathrow singing this song and it was a relief to everybody because just for the moment because everyone was frustrated because nobody could get to their destination. And everybody uh-huh. was so, miserable standing in line for hours on right. end. And, and, and surprisingly enough, it was it was so quiet with the amount of people that were there. It was like an eerie quiet. But then they started singing and then the Texans arrived. <laughs> right. And so did <laughs> she started singing and it, w- it was amazing because everybody from all different places around the world that were there were singing the song mm-hmm. and it was just, it was amazing. It was it's so very cool. cool. And so, uh, yeah, eventually we got on a plane. Wait, so hold on. You put on this. Whole, how, long, how long did you play? You just uh, did well, we, we were in that lot. No, no, no. We did quite a few songs because we were in that That's line, not like moving. What, 30 minutes, an hour. Full show, uh, uh, an entire huge bottle of Maker's Mark. Yes, That's by that time, so ten uh, minutes. And I'm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were sharing it. Like eight of us were sharing it, but chasing um, it with water. Yes, yes. Um, well, I don't know. We were we sat not moving in that line for probably three hours, and we had that guitar going and songs going for a large portion of that time period. And as a matter of fact, when we did not get on a plane that day. We were in the subway station leaving the airport, and a German man comes up and he says, we were hoping that you would get on the plane. After all the beautiful singing, you made us all very happy. <laughs> this is so true. But like me, and like many others, others, you did not get on the plane. And for this, I am very sorry. You know, And we're all like, yeah, well, you know, here we are. So it was a really fun moment, even though... You know, it was in this. No, that's dope. Like you don't yeah. see that. It's it's. Everybody was like, did you get a lot of you know, fans after that? People that came to see you. Maybe they weren't. Not they weren't really. Way Not really. Also, maybe no. we weren't there. Promote. I mean, you know, sometimes. Sometimes the music and, and those experiences are just about the moment. They're not yeah, about yeah, self-promotion. Totally and so, so I mean, everybody was on their phone trying to capture that. Uh, they may have been. They, but, yeah, there's probably some video floating that we oh, don't okay. have. Well, let me tell you. I mean, I just said such a poetic open-hearted thing but you know i could kick myself that i didn't have a bunch of postcards to send janine around with and he throw with my website and itunes links you know but but we right. do have great footage and there there was a lot of people that ended up knowing us by the time we left at that airport after three days because we were kind of a presence with whom we've there. actually stayed in, i've stayed in touch with a lot of those some of those people, people. Oh, that's dope it's one of those moments like you just gotta yeah just live it and wow it was cool. It was and crazy. the whole staff was like holding hands. And yes, <laughs> they were. When they we were. got up to the lines, yeah, they really were. They were like, oh, we love that song. And then, yeah. then we'd bust out with another one. And they tried really hard to get us on a plane together to leave. And <clears throat> that didn't end up happening. Next day, I'm going to skip forward a little bit, but Jenny kicked some more British Airways ass. <laughs> and the next day, um, <laughs> we end up. we do end up on a flight. Well, this this next day is the night I'm supposed to perform, right? So we fly to Nice. It's a short trip, really, from London to Nice yeah. on a plane. And I'm putting makeup on. I'm doing, I'm writing out a set list. I've been texting the entire time with the producer of the show, Davide. Um, they've mm-hmm. got John Pointer there ready to play in my stead if I don't make it, right? So we land in Nice. We get the van. It's we called it Vanna White because <laughs> there was this big white van. And we, we have a sand truck too. She'll Vanna get to that. White. Vanna White, and we put all of our stuff hauling ass, but all of our stuff in the back of the van. And I drive us the hour and fifteen minutes from Nice to Albenga, literally 
pull in. Everyone's like, what do I get? I'm like, I need my pedal bag. I need my merchandise, you know, CDs, and I need my guitar. And I know that town well enough, thank goodness. And we walk straight through all these cobblestone medieval streets directly to um, the theater. Uh-huh. And I'm texting him the whole time going, we're here, we're here, we're here. And we walk in. And they're, take, they're taking an intermission. And I'm literally supposed to come on immediately. And I hear him saying, they're here. They're here. Ecco, lei è arrivata. Ginger è arrivata. And so we run backstage. While I'm running backstage and tuning my guitar, the rest of this crew has gone down the street to find bottles of wine and they end up bringing back like 14 <laughs> bottles of wine and a wine opener from the restaurant ride, just, from the know. restaurant and <laughs> it was midnight we already had been drinking all day what else are we going to do you're we were in italy, italy. you, you have you have to drink wine you when you're there to. right so um it doesn't count you didn't go right i didn't go if i wasn't drinking wine the That's whole right. time so Literally, so this this theater is also it's it's used more often as a theater, you know. So there's, you know, the green room is like a costume room and all this stuff. So you have to climb up this ladder to get onto the stage. And um, so I hand my guitar up. I climb up the ladder. I tell John Pointer because he's going to accompany me. I tell him these are the songs that I'm, that I wrote down on the plane. Let's go. And it's like. Uh, you know, Buonasera a tutti, è arrivata, Ginger Leg. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> and uh, Ginger Lee, because it's L-E-I-G-H. Anyway, Ginger so we leg. walk right onto the stage and go right into the set. And it was beautiful and it worked out great. And You wrote the song on a plane. I didn't write a song, no, a set list. Oh, okay, my bad. I thought you said you wrote the song on a plane. I was like, wow. I was yeah. performing in the airport and everything and driving. Okay. No. <laughs> I may have written songs that have pulled from that experience, possibly, but no, <laughs> I did not. But anyway, that's a fun story. So that's how Janine and I first met. Yes, that's that's how. We See, that's how together. you tell a story. <laughs> Actually, she is very good at telling stories. Yes. Actually, Janine, Janine is the the friend that she, you know, said, "Hey, I want to go on this trip that you're going on, Sandy." Right. Sandy had been a fan uh, years prior of my music with Sarah, so I was in the Ginger and Sarah band. Uh, for a long time, it was about five years, and we did a ton of touring around Europe and all over the United States and New Zealand, and we spent a lot of time in L.A. and Nashville, New York, and all these places, and um, had a really great time performing here in Austin, mm-hmm. built a very strong following. It was, it was a ton of fun. Anyway, so Sarah had been a fan during those years. Uh, not Sarah. Sandy, Sandy had been a fan during those years. Um, and what's funny, small world deal is that Sandy and Janine worked for a company many years prior, coming mm-hmm. to find out later through this Italy trip. Um, the, the boss, the owner of the company, is my godmother, Diane Very Anderson. <laughs> Very small, yes. Yeah. And Diane Anderson is an amazing woman, and I actually made her my self-proclaimed godmother when I was a child. Because I looked up to her so much, and I thought she was awesome, and she is. An awesome I didn't person. really have a godmother, so I was like, "Diane, will you be my godmother?" And she accepted, and we've been godmother, goddaughter ever since. <laughs> you know you. what? Thank on you. that note, I'm gonna turn on. I'm, I'm gonna turn on the phones because <laughs> I wanna. I wanna find out how people met you. So, oh yeah, this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna change it up a little bit. We'll get into your backstory in a. In a second. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll start with that if someone calls in. The number is 512-539-0225. Call in, give, a sh- give a Ginger a shout-out, uh, and tell us how you got to meet this talented 
artist right here. But in the meantime, in the I can mi- just hear it now. My mother is going to call. Oh, I hope she's going to talk about She's gonna the night, I, the morning, late night, early morning that I was born. I just I can feel it. It's coming. Uh, I hope she calls. I really do. She's going to take over the show. That's fine. She we'll might. have her on the whole time. She's awesome. She'll be another host. Yes. All I'll right. So what was your question, Beck? Uh, so you grew up in, you're from San Antonio. Yes. Right. And the first thing I, I read when I was doing my homework for this show, there we go. <laughs> first caller. Hey, you're on the Feedback Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing well. And you're still? Sister. What's your name? My name is Laurie. Oh, there's Lori. What's up, Lori? <laughs> Hi, Lori. Hey, girl. Hi. So, how did you meet uh, Ginger? <laughs> I met Ginger at a concert that she was doing at a place in San Antonio. Hey, can you... Uh, turn Lori, your TV Lori, off. T- turn your computer I'm off. Um, there we go. I've got it down. Or whatever right. it was. Thanks. I mean, you know, this show is called Feedback, but we don't want any feedback <laughs> while we're on the telephone, Lori. I was just trying Thank to you. go by the rules, so. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Where was I playing, Lori? You were playing at Cass Beers. The original one on San, on uh, Blanco? Actually, no. When yeah. I saw you, it was at the church downtown okay. in San Antonio. Bless that place and those lovely, lovely individuals who owned it and ran it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Have you, you met her in person or you just saw, saw her perform? Saw her perform and then uh, went down after their show and uh, bought a few CDs and met her in person at that time, too. And was I nice? Well, what was your first impression? <laughs> <laughs> was I nice was, to you, Sister Lori? <laughs> you were very kind, absolutely. And, and that's something that I've always really appreciated about Ginger and her music is that it reaches such a, a vast array of uh, demographics, and she truly sings her soul and, and has such a wonderful spirit that just resonates throughout. She's blushing right now, but you cannot tell. No, actually, I've got, uh, you're making me, you've got little tears in my eyes. That's really sweet. Aww. Thank you. Well, it's very true. Well, thank you. I'll pay you later. <laughs> Send me your PayPal account. <laughs> Let's meet at Willie's Ranch again. Oh yes, awesome. Do you have a Do you have a favorite song? Yeah. I have a number of them. It's kind of it's difficult. Ginger has so many um, so many beautiful songs. Um, Jetstream is certainly one. Oh, we'll yeah. talk about that later. <laughs> Beck said he wanted to talk about yeah. the song Jetstream, so that's funny that oh, you say good. that. Yeah. Good. But there there are many. She is very, very talented. Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. Thank you. All right, well, thank you for calling, Lori. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Hey, great. Keep listening. Bye, Lori. Bye, Bye, Loretta. (laughs) Sweet. It worked. Got your first phone call. Oh, that's so cool. I love you, Lori. Thank you. All right, let's get into your backstory. No pun. Uh, so yeah, from San Antonio, uh, five generations of musicians, uh, your mother and your aunts were, uh, the Cone sisters. They still are. Yes. Thankfully. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hi, Mama Jay. So Hi, Mama Jay, so Jan Bullet, Jill Jan Jackie. <laughs> so you, you never really had, did you have a moment when you were like, okay, well, I'm in this music family, so 
I have to follow the tradition. Or we just Most of my like, moments was, okay, I'm in this musical family. I've got to do something else. Really? <laughs> no, no. Are you kidding? No, actually, um, I could not avoid it. I loved music. I love music. I love performing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a family heirloom. Yeah. If you know, if you will, um, and in some ways it's a blessing and a curse for sure, but it, it's more a blessing than, than not. And, um, yeah, it's, it was an incredibly unique upbringing and it continues to be a unique upbringing because with every show and with every family experience, there's always music that drives, drives it. And, um, even if it's just ordering food we're singing or it's 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 har- har- you know you it's har- there's harmony crazy. there's rhythm there's you know like just trying well, to have a conversation half the family breaks into song in the middle of the conversation and i'm not exaggerating man, thanksgiving and, gotta be a lot of fun a ton <laughs> of fun a ton of fun and um so that was always great but i also am a kind of have a multi um multi-fasten fa- uh brain and you know i i uh faceted multifaceted brain and interests and in some ways very much a nerd um you know i love to read i love um history and science and religion and and sociopolitical studies and mm-hmm. all this stuff and and um so there was there actually was a part of me um in my post high school time when I thought you know I want to do something else because music has always been our thing right and doing something else um would have been really interesting actually intelligence was one of the things I wanted to go into um like CIA work because I, I, I love language and mm-hmm. so linguistics and things like that um and I was having people write um uh, letters you know recommendation and things like that but I ended up I ended up Going with my first love, and it was music. Well, was there was there a lot of uh, pressure growing up? Because everybody in in the family is a, either a singer or uh, plays an instrument. And was it like, okay, you have to learn how to do this, or did they talk? Did, did anybody sit you down and say, "Look, look, Ginger, you're part of this. Uh, here's a guitar, play with it." Or how, no. how did it work? No, 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 no. Um, no, and ab- absolutely not. But no, no, the pressure was the pressure was, and it wasn't meant to be pressure. It was no. meant to be um, um, a gift, I guess, a giving of a gift. But okay. the pressure was, no, you're singing flat right there. Here's the note. And so you you mentioned something before we went on air about training. So yeah, no, I did not have training. Yes, of, yes, in junior high school, I was in choir. Amongst many other things that were actually cooler, mm-hmm. but I was in <laughs> I was in choir where I learned how to sight read and I learned about all that stuff. But in terms of natural ability, tonality, um, presentation, yeah, um, all that stuff was just naturally part of our family. Like people talk about their grandmother's turkey and dressing at Thanksgiving. I want that recipe. Yeah, it was just literally what happened in. And most of the members of, of my family are really talented and, and can sing and understand music even, even if they're not musicians. And the phone is ringing. Yeah. Who's that? You're on a feedback podcast. What's your feedback? 
Hello, are you there? Good. Can you can you turn off uh, mute? Yeah, uh, I'm getting ready to. This is Ginger's mother. Oh, oh gee! <laughs> it's Ginger's mother. Hey. So I've been listening and I've been trying to find the phone number and I finally found it. Well, welcome. <laughs> Hi, Mama. I was hoping she would call. <laughs> Bye. Well, Mom, I'm so. Ready. Well, hi, Mom. So we're talking about growing up in a music family. So you and your two sisters, uh, Jan and Jackie. So it's Jill, Jan, and Jackie uh-huh. Cones. Yeah. And Punk uh, and Mimi and Bullet. Punk and Mimi and Bullet, if you want to go with their nicknames, <laughs> their childhood nicknames. <laughs> That's right. And um, uh, we're performing my entire life, like my generation. We all grew up going to see them perform backstage, on stage, wherever, you know, whether it be you know, a green hall type dance hall or um, a, a hotel or a private event at a country club uh-huh. with ice sculptures, right. you know, it, it sawdust on the floor or ice sculptures and boiled shrimp and, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Convention centers and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Theaters. And they yes. were back and forth to Nashville, close to signing yes. record deals. And um, yes. yeah, and it, it was just really great to grow up with them because... Not only was it exciting and different, mm-hmm. it was um, invaluable to to watch people. You guys, Mom and Bullet and Jan, I will always call her Bullet. So Jan and Jackie and Jill, but Mom, Bullet and Jan, um, incredible at harmonizing with each other. These three voices sound like the same person three times. Yes, I actually watched some videos. I Did was, you? Uh, yeah, it was pretty nice. Pretty cool. And thank you. And they had a big band, and they would change costumes in the earlier years change costumes, really entertain the audience. And from that, I picked up on a lot of what I do in terms of interaction with the audience. But yeah, um, but this is this is what I grew up with them doing. And their mother, my grandmother, was a big band singer. And maybe you can chime uh, in. Oh, yeah. You, get, you guys get to... Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I said it goes, way, it goes way back. Ginger got it all from that. And she is very talented. And I'm telling you that I'm so proud of her. Uh, she's going to tear up again. I just hear yep, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I said yep. she was going to tear up again. <laughs> no, so you guys get to perform together now, right? I mean, you probably have been for a while, or do you ever do a show Only together? Only on occasion. So when the sisters are performing, sometimes I get up and do some songs with them, or mom and I will sing At Last or something together. And sometimes when uh-huh. mom is here, she'll get up and sing with me on some things. And sometimes my older brother, Mark, and yeah. I get to do some things together, and we've got to get my younger brother Matt to come because he's got a great voice too. But I don't, we don't yeah. officially perform together. But Ginger and her mom perform a lot in the kitchen and in yeah. the patio. See, see, that's, oh, that's yeah. the best. I, 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 that's that's what I, exactly what I was thinking. Like, you know, it's uh, it's a, it's a Sunday afternoon, every, the whole family's here, and then you're just singing along, and everybody just you know joins and. There's always singing happening when they're together. Always, always. Just like Ginger was saying, no matter what it is, no matter if she's asking her to pass her something across the table or for their karaoke <laughs> in the backyard or, or whatever, <laughs> there's always singing That's happening. And it's true. always so much fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yes, and I'm just so um, happy. And yes, I was listening to y'all talking about when Ginger was born. So, yes, she was almost a Halloween baby. <laughs> and I mean, almost, and I'll never forget my sisters coming up. They had been at a Halloween party in their costumes, 
Uh, my one sister was a, a die, a dice, like dice, you know, that you roll. She and her boyfriend came up, and they were like a pair of dice, and here we are in the hospital. Ginger's going to be born, and they're a pair of dice up there. A pair of dice. A pair of dice. A pair of dice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and she has just been, you know. Wait, 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 Mom. Hold on, hold on, pause. Pause okay. for that. Pause. I have a question for you. I've been yes. told that they were dressed as Hell's Angels. So was the other sister dressed as a Hell's Angel? Yes, the other sister was a Hell's Angel. Okay. And Danny and, and my sister Jackie, who we call Bullet, were a pair of dice. Okay. And uh, that's who she <laughs> dated, yes. She was a pair of dice and then we had the Hell's Angels. So we had a very nice uh, arriving of Ginger. Welcoming yeah. committee. Welcoming into the world. I came out and, and I was like, yes, this is going to be fun. You came out singing probably. Paradise and Hell's Angels. <laughs> it's been a party ever since. Well, I think, well, Mom, that yes, you, you went bowling that night and walking and something, something, something. Oh, then I, you were born, yes. I did. I had gone, I was on a bowling league and I, and I also was a waitress. <laughs> so I had waited on tables carrying heavy trays at the gazebo at Los Patios in San Antonio. Came home and, I, no, I'm not came home. Then I went to my bowling league. I bowled. And I came home, and I decided I was going. I didn't want to ever lose my school schoolgirl figure, so I decided I would jog between some of the driveways on the block. Did that, <laughs> lay down and watched. And I cannot think of that show that I always watch. I lay down, and all of a sudden, I thought, "I'm getting ready to have a baby." So we went off to the hospital, and <laughs> it was fun. It was a great night. And, didn't you uh, take Mark great- on trick or treating? Yes. Oh, yeah, trick-or-treating. Yeah, it was, yeah, that's right. It was Halloween. So we went, after that, we went trick-or-treating. Then I laid down and watched Matlock or whatever. I think it was Matlock or something. <laughs> Magnum P.I., yeah. maybe? Magnum P.I. came later. Yeah, no, no. You're right. This so is 74. Right. But you were born. Yep, you were born. And I tell you what, she has been an inspiration since the day she was born. She was born with jaundice, and I died to leave her the hospital. <laughs> but that's okay. She's fine now. <laughs> And, uh, and uh, from that point on, Ginger has always been an entertainer. She's uh, a miracle, miracle baby. Now, you, miracle baby. Miracle baby. You gave birth to a very talented, talented girl. Very talented. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. All right. Well, thank you and for calling. I, Mama, well, you're welcome. I love you, mother. Thank you. I love you Bye, too, Mama baby. Jay. I heard you say I out of China. I was looking for the phone number. I thought to so say it again because you'll have more, more callers. Five one two five three nine zero two two five two two five. That's it. Call in. Above. I love you guys. Have a great time tonight. You're great on the radio. Love ya. Thank you. Bye, Mama Jill. Mama Jay. Bye. Bye. I see. I see if I can get through my agenda. I know. We've got lots of stories. You said you want stories. Yeah, that's fine. We're thirty minutes in. This is not over. All right. Good. This is not over. So. You won a bunch of talent shows too. Yeah, was it, was it through the school or was it? Uh... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when I was a child, so back. Oh, I got another call. We got another caller. Okay, I'll tell you about it in a second. Who's right. that? Hello, you're here with Ginger hey. Lee. Hey, this is Mark Everett. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Mark. Doing fine. Hey, how I met Ginger. Uh, I'll start with that a little bit. Uh-huh. Is uh, she was performing in Rent at the Zach Theater? Oh. She was playing the uh, playing the part of Marine, and you know she was kind of Marine is kind of this you know sassy 
you know, character, and I, I really liked it, and I was really impressed with the voice. Mm-hmm. So I uh, decided decided afterwards to find her on Facebook and, and friended her, and you know, we communicated a little bit back and forth. I remember one. I remember one. One interesting question was she was bringing her grandmother to the play, mm. and in the play she, uh, during one quick scene, she, you know, shall we say, flashes her posterior a little bit. I completely moon the audience and, fifty-five times. Yeah, and she was trying to figure out how her grandmother was going to react to that. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny right off the bat. At the Zach Theater. Uh, the, the, <laughs> The, the, the first show, the first show I saw with her was at uh, a place called Hanover's over in Pflugerville, and it was just kind of a kind of a small show. But uh, you know, she did a great job. I I enjoyed the voice. Was that the night that we uh, double billed with Patrice? Uh, no, I think it was just you. Okay, I think it was just you. It was it was kind of the middle of winter time. It was weird weather. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, the weather was kind of kind of bad and everything, but. Uh, but it, but it was great, and I said I've been following following her ever since, and running into her out at Willie's Ranch and <laughs> places like that, and uh, you know just enjoy the music. Uh, you know, sort of, uh, somebody was asking about favorite songs. Jetstream certainly comes to mind. Also, like Mexican Man, going back a little nice. bit. But you know, it's just just you know whole albums of uh, you know great music that Ginger does, and. Uh, uh, you know, if somebody's on here that hasn't uh, found her out, I would certainly encourage them to do that. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll have all the links up. This is uh, I I find out a lot while doing my homework and listening to all the songs. Thanks, Mark. Oh yeah, Mark, you're an awesome guy, and I really, 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 really appreciate you. Well, thank you for calling. Well, I have fun. I, I'm, I'm I'm glad to call Ginger my friend. So that's and her mother too. <laughs> you know, Marcus, I have to say that Mark and Martha, his wife are some of the best uh, supporters. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that I'm not trying to teach anybody how to support a musician. I'm just wanting to give them kudos is they do their best to go see every show possible. Not just mine shows that they appreciate. Right. um, But they come to, at least Mark comes to, uh, because Martha travels for business a lot, but come to as many possible shows as they can. Mm -hmm. And they bring friends. And that's something that I always try to, let people know how important that is. So when you bring friends, so I, I, I get the honor to perform for Mark and Mark and Martha, right? Mm-hmm. Frequently. But to keep performing, I need new people. I'm, I'm speaking for myself in every performance. No, you're I need absolutely new right. people. And so Mark is so good at making sure he's got, you know, he'll, he'll come with, sometimes he'll book six people at, like at the Saxon pub. He'll book a table, get a oh, table, and bring multiple people You've never seen me before, and then that grows into the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. So thank you, Mark and Martha, yeah. for that. And we've got a few coming Friday night. So great, thank uh, you. Awesome, nice. awesome. Mark's bum rushing the place. That's right. Bringing all those people. Pack That's... the Saxon. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> all right, Mark. Thanks for talk, calling. Talk to later, guys. Thank bye, Mark. You. Bye, Mark. Okay. Bye, bye. Wow, this is a record. <laughs> so far. Awesome. Well, you started to ask about. When I was a kid, or, or talent contests. Yeah, yeah, the talent shows, yes. A little backstory, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll try to not run on too long with it, but as, as, as everyone knows, obviously we've got the music uh, family, the musical family. Mm-hmm. My grandmother's, her father was a musician as well, so we go way back. Um, and when we were kids, we being my generation, 
there were four of us close in age and then two came later, but the four of us close in age, um, we had a band, three of the four of us had a band with some other family friends when I guess I was nine and, um, Mickey, my cousin sang lead and played guitar and I sang and played a killer tambourine. My, <laughs> my brother Mark sang and he played bass. And then we had, uh, Kirsten on pianos and piano and Jimmy on drums and we all sang and we would perform at church events and we mm-hmm. performed a few times, you know, like, you know, a number of times, parties, church events, even my birthday party and, um, you know, things like that. And it was awesome, uh, and scary. And my mother, certain songs, I'd be like wanting her to stand right at the side of the stage. And, and I'd be like, okay, come sing the first note for me. Cause I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm and I knew, but I didn't well, think how, I knew. How old were you? About nine. Nine. Yeah. And we were good too. We sang like five part harmonies and, you know, we did great, th- great things. And, um, Mickey, my cousin in that band, he's a, uh, a, a great producer and engineer and performer and writer in Nashville uh-huh. doing really big things and being awarded constantly, um, these days with a really awesome studio. So anyway, it, it goes deep. And so, um, after that, of course, in junior high school and high school, um, they don't seem like that that important of things now, the little trophies. But when you look back and you go, wow, that really formed a lot of my confidence and it formed um, my ability to be in front of audiences. Right. And in that, those cases, it was hundred, you know, a few hundred people. And from sixth grade to graduation of high school, every year I won, it went first, I'm not getting first, second, first, second, first, second, first, second, first. So... Um, Damn. There's a lot of funny. first seconds going on in there. Yeah, well. <laughs> more first and more seconds. And I'm saying, I was I was young for my class, so I was very young. Uh, what do you in sixth grade usually? 11? Okay. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, don't I was 10. You know, whatever it was. And um, I won first place singing Olivia Newton-John, Hopelessly Devoted to You. Uh-huh. Isn't that hilarious? It's so cute. Um, <laughs> and by the, by the very end, my senior year, I... Um, I, I did a lot of country music at the time. The Judds I really loved because the Judds, they, they're considered country music, but they have a lot of gospel in their music. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a in a very big church that had a huge choir in San Antonio. My family was always in that choir. And so I love the gospel feel and tone of things. And, of course, being from the South, I, I love older country music. I'm not crazy about the new stuff, but... Um, so I would do that stuff cause it was emotive and it was, um, familiar and I got to use my voice in a certain way that worked for me as a young teenager. Uh-huh. And, um, go Sorry, ahead. Was, there, was there like a particular style that you learn or you're like trying to find your own little, I guess your voice? Um, well, no, no, no. I, I, I could do country music and jazz and, um, big, big band swing cause this is what I knew from my family um, and what I was influenced by. But I was also influenced by another completely different type of music because my dad had really great ta- has really great taste in music. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, it, I was uh, surrounded by the Cones sisters and their shows and my own love of like George Strait and the Judds and that whole thing. I was being introduced to Bonnie Raitt and Sade and the Doobie Brothers and all this cool groovy uh, music that had a very different tone and a different, very different rhythm. And um, somehow through the process, of course, you always have to fall in love with your, you know, 
your stuff like new new wave, right? You have to fall in love. Like I fell in love with the Depeche Mode and the Yaz and the right and yeah. the New Order and all that stuff. I fell in love with the pop music, the Madonna, the Michael Jackson. I mean, my whole room was plastered in Michael Jackson posters. Thank you. My- <laughs> And then, then it was plastered in Madonna posters, and then it was plastered in the, you know, the new wave stuff. But I think but, a lot of your dancing skill those came from Michael Jackson. Definitely from Michael every Jackson. Da- every dancer, oh my gosh. Michael was like. The, let if, me make a quick announcement, real quick. Uh, I turned the phones off for a little bit so we can keep talking. I'll turn it back on uh, in about ten minutes. I want to get through some of the stuff, and then so and then I'll let you know when I turn it back on so we can call in. So cool. go ahead. Cool. Um, yeah, for sure. But then also, you know, somewhere in that process, like I always had this big array of, of music that I loved. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so from, from the country and the swing and the jazz and, and the influence of my family, um, all the way to figuring out that I love, you know, uh, Morrissey yeah. and the Smiths and everything in between. I also found a true love of the vocal stylings of Shaw Day and Bonnie Raitt. And then I, then I discovered Bette Midler of all things, right? So it's 1989 or 90 or something, and yeah. and I'm discovering Bette Midler. One of the things that I recognize about my love for her was um, her stage presence and her ability to move an audience from laughter to tears. Yeah. And that that exact description also fits for my family entertainers, the Cone Sisters and the way they can make people just crack up, come out of their shells, and also make them cry because harmonically and melodically it's so gorgeous. And I've gotten to see Bette a number of times in, in, uh, on, on stage, and she does exactly that. So it's old school yeah. performance style. And that's something that I don't think has to be in every show. That's something I love when it is in the show. And I call myself a contemporary variety for that reason because – I'll go from the big jet stream, which we'll get to ballad yeah. to a really silly, funny song where I'm moving my body a lot or I'm talking to the audience and making them laugh. Hopefully it's going off well. And, <laughs> but, but it, I don't plan it. I don't have an agenda. It's just, it's a natural way of how I am on stage and I get it from them. So sitting there and learning how to sing from whether it be the Judds or Sade or loving the groove of, you know, let's go back to the Doobie Brothers or Steely Dan, like all of that stuff influenced everything I do. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Madonna. I loved her power. I don't mean like Madonna on stage was something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean she still is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I loved like her voice. I don't like her singing voice that much, but I loved her voice, like the way she could move things, especially at that era when I was sixteen. And she's saying, you know, you're awesome. Go be yourself. And that's reinforced by a mother who said, I'm not going to tell you who to be. You be yourself, Ginger. That's awesome. Now, yes, Madonna had some negative influences in some ways for some people, but or controversial, I should say. But, you know, so I loved what she did, and I wanted to grow into being a person who um, had a positive message for people and moved people and hopefully had some social voice um that reminded people that like you're you're powerful on your own and you're cool and you're strong exactly for exactly who you are and you don't have to change it so there's this is awesome i can ask one question and i get the full answer yes (laughs) okay show's over no 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 no, no. it's not over but i love it i love it 
I see. Yeah, uh, this is stuff I was going to bring up later, but you answered. That's 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 awesome. Ginger is very fluid and out of the box as a performer, and it's so she is. She is not only an amazing singer she's an awesome performer i mean like to go to her shows you're not just going to hear someone sing you're going to see a performance yes and it's 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 wonderful it's great and i saw i saw a video, the, the video that really that really struck me uh and i thought that was um one of the coolest things was the one you did i think it was for the love at stateside mm-hmm. and you went acapella mm. no mics just Walking around singing that San Francisco, I forgot the San Francisco Bay Blues. Yes, and I was like, "See, that's what performing is about. It's not just you go up on stage. Hey, let me sing my song, and I'm go. I go right out. So people want to walk away from a show thinking, oh, this is something that I would have never gotten if I just, you know, um, if I if I heard about it or if I read in the article or I mean, I got." a lot just by watching the videos. I can only imagine what it, what it was like just being there. And so you walk away from that and you're like, damn, that's something that I can, you know, I can tell my friends like, look, I saw Ginger on stage. She did that thing. The same way those people in the airport were like, dude, we were, we were stranded yeah. in, 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 in uh, London. Was that yeah. Heathrow? Yes. Yeah. Heathrow. Then, you know, it's a good point because you leave people with a story that exactly. they carry forward. Right. You know, and, and as artists in our business part of our lives, we want people to go, to iTunes or to a show and buy a CD or whatever yeah. and contribute to our mark, the marketplace of our career. Sure. Sure. Um, and we need that. We don't just want it. We absolutely must have it. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, you know, I think it's so, it's so deeply important that, that we put on a show in a way or, or that we create an experience for audience members or listeners or whatever to carry that that story forward Mm -hmm. and i certainly absolutely do not claim to be the best vocalist or the best performer or any of the best anything because there really isn't a best because we all have strengths that are different like some of my best girlfriends that are incredible performers wendy colonna i had lunch with today we have very different writing and performing styles Hi, Wendy. I met, I met Wendy years ago. I don't think she remembers me, but that's all right. I'm sure she does. She's got a better memory than I do. She doesn't have to have an AJ or a Janine around to tell them <laughs> who's who. No, but, you know, we, we, we kind of started working through some of her songs that she's working on right now. We have very different styles. Mm-hmm. But one thing you know when you go see Wendy, one thing you absolutely know is it's going to be high quality. She is going to be powerful but incredibly humble on stage. She's going to if she could handle liver love on a tray in a physical 3D form, that's what she would be doing. She, You know it's going to be joyful and it's going to be genuine. And that's it. I mean, that's you walk away with feeling that story and feeling what she delivered to you. And, and my, my whole thing is I'm more about, you know, um, a lot of people say I should go to Vegas because I, I love I love the big show. I love performing in theaters where people are listening right. and I'm not competing with things and it's I have the ability to take you from the big ballad to the silly song. Yeah. Um in a in a proper space for that. But you know, everyone has these these incredible strengths on not everyone. Those who do have strengths on stage, uh, you know, it's fun. So I don't know where I was going with that. I just went. Oh, I, just dove, I dove into a, a Wendy plug. I didn't. I just, I just let you go into your uh, oh. your vortex, but it's fine. Shout out to Wendy Colonna, by the Hi, way. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to ask you 
you know, when, or a lot of times um, in a lot of articles that I that I read and uh, interviews that you've done, they ask, they say, well, or reviews of your shows or albums. Um, I always get a different term as far as how to describe your music. It's rock, it's pop, it's R&B, it's jazz, it's adult contemporary, it's all these things. And I, I'm kind of, I'm against all of that. I'm, you know, saying, okay, you're this, you're rock. Or you're against you're the single definition. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what I, ask, what I ask artists that come on the show is, um, if you were to coin your own uh, term to describe to describe your uh, your style, would you come? Can you come up with one? Mm-hmm. You Who fucking it? cares? <laughs> <laughs> She's yes. out of the box. There uh, look, is no look, style that, for that. I, no, I no, no, no. Sort of. Sort of if I could cares, but it does make it really hard because in any marketplace you have yes. to put something in a marketable branded cereal box so that you know what you're selling and to whom you're selling it. I completely understand that and I, I have to say that um, I, I openly would admit will admit right now that not having that singular definition has been somewhat of a detriment to my career. But really? at the same Because you couldn't put the because, category in because iTunes. Because in the traditional paradigm you can't put it in a category, and, and peop- even today, where we are outside of the traditional par- paradigm, meaning we're not completely relying on big labels. Yeah, we can sell ourselves on Pandora and iTunes and internets and all that. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, if you if you can't make that that singular definition for something, it's hard to sell. It doesn't matter what it is. Now, that being said, uh-huh. part of my message has always been no definitions. Part of my message oh, has always been, you know, if you listen to Mexican Man, it's a journey of an individuals. You, you don't maybe know this song, but it starts at this. It's it's a female. It's a me narrative, but it's sixteen year old person going through thir- to thirty two, and um, <laughs> and all these um, in this case mostly romantic encounters, and they're all varied. It's varied. It's they're diverse. It's a diverse story of somebody's life which is very similar to mine because i've had a lot of diversity and a lot of lovers jay rock with the bomb hi lovers are y'all out there please don't call my mother's listening should i say anything in a few minutes and she goes lovers no but it's all right it's all right that's really funny but i mean really really but i mean so like diversity right throughout your throughout your experience and i think that most of us make a decision probably really early on in our lives that this is who we are and it's influenced by what our parents or somebody else or social whatever Mm -hmm. tells us who we are and mostly we live within that definition of self and most of the time we walk around and we go i am a you know, I don't know, I'm a hip-hop person, or I'm a uh, queer person, or I'm a conservative Republican, or something. And a lot of people, well, maybe it's changing, but a lot of people do that. And that's why it's easy to sell to people what you put in the cereal box. And it's harder to sell to people, a person who goes, I'm this box, and they go, here's Ginger Lee's music, and the person goes, well, what is it? Cannot compute. Because I need, exactly, <laughs> I cannot compute. Is this sugary, you know, dye-filled cereal or is this <laughs> c- crunchy natural granola? Because I don't know what we're doing here yeah. and it freaks me out. And that's 
what we do in society. I'm sorry, I'm getting kind of esoteric, but I, I no, really no, no, you know, no. I, I, I get, I get it. And I, so I I'm totally always kind of like, hey, hey, you know, wanting to like kindly, peacefully slap people across let the me, face and go, you can just be what. Let, let me just enjoy the moment. I'll, I'll True. just relate this to my personal experience, uh, real quick. I am French, and I'm African, West African. So when I came here, and people were like, "Well, hold on, you're black and you speak French. That does not that that <laughs> that's, that doesn't work." They're like, "What basketball team are you no on, shit. back?" What the, what, and what kind of name is back? Nah, get get, get away from me. <laughs> no, nah, but it, it's true. People like to put things in boxes. That's how the brain works. You, you gotta have categories and little slots. And if it doesn't fit, they're like, "Oh, what the hell." So well, ignorance totally is bliss. It's Ex- much exactly. easier to assume that if I run into back on the street, I'm going to think he might have a gun. So I'm going to go to the other side of the street and <laughs> run to the fucking martini bar down the road where white people are sitting. So I'm not so afraid of back. It's easier that way. But you know what? It's not really like that. If you get outside no, of your box, it's you not like are that. a person. Yeah. People not are a people. representative, just a person. Totally. You're some of your experiences. And for those of you single ladies out there, you might want to call in soon because back is adorable. Uh, uh, and he my, can dance my girl well. might be listening. And he's not single. <laughs> Too late. Hey, I had a not single guy at my house the other day not knowing he wasn't single. Oh. Yeah. And <laughs> and my friends, Kim, Kimmy, I don't know if you're listening, but Kimmy and Janine and I were visiting with this gentleman and his girlfriend showed up at the front door and rang the doorbell kind of late in the morning, early morning, late night, when nothing debaucherous was going on, but but she assumed nothing, she assumed something debaucherous was going <laughs> on. Janine is like, what the hell? No, but I mean, not like that. It's know? all right, it's all right. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, bless her heart. So, uh, <laughs> it's all right. No, I felt horrible for her because, well, yeah. oh yeah, no, he was lying and lying stinking son of a gun. But anyway, so your girlfriend, people, people. what's your girlfriend's name back? Marcy. Marcy. I hope you're tuning in. Don't worry, I won't promote him anymore in that fashion. <laughs> she, she, I see her right there. All right, Hi, shout Marcy. out, Marcy. Anyway, um, th- let's get to the songwriting. Okay. Uh, like you said, some of the stuff uh, you write, if not most of the stuff, is personal experiences, or how do you? What is your process? I guess. Uh, well, so. I'm recording a new album right now. This album and the last one are kind of the first time. They are absolutely the first time I've ever recorded other anyone else's songs mixed in with songs I've written too. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've been recently connecting a lot with other people's songs and making them my own version of, of these people's songs. So there's a couple of those out there. Um, prior to that, uh, f- let's see, this this will be the 10th album. So yeah. 9 and 10 and then... All the ones in the middle were all mine, and then the first a couple of the ones in the beginning, I, I, I was a shared project with Sarah. Mm-hmm. So the process has been really different from A to B, and I think it always changes for artists. Yeah, um, it doesn't always just hit you, and all of a sudden the clouds open up and this beautiful song pours out. But do you do, um, do you go back to you know pen and a pad like you're. You have random moments during your day, and you're like, holy shit, I just thought of something. Let yes. me write this down, put it in my phone. or Yes. So now, and another thing Wendy and I were talking about today is like, nowadays with your phone, there's this immediate gratification moment where it's like, okay, I'm going to record this 
melody that hit my head hit my head it just hit me poof this melody <laughs> hey sometimes that, it does <laughs> this melody that like came to my head or whatever or a line you you know that you that you put in your notes or whatever um hoping that to come back to it later it's awesome because it's immediate and yeah. you can keep recording on that piece and keep layering and layering and layering and keep writing the song in that way for me personally, I almost feel like it's become a hindrance because I was always a pen and paper person and really dedicated to my journal. And there's, there's something very romantic and literary about putting a pen to a piece of paper. And so something would come to my mind, and I still do it, I mean, occasionally, but, you know, I, I'll write, I'll open a notebook, and I'll write, you know, some things and I'll work on some things on the right hand of the notebook, right hand page of the notebook. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, this is actually working. Next thing I know, I'm writing on the left side of the notebook. So I'm actually writing the song backwards in terms of how we write <laughs> left to right. And, and then it would be in an, and it, it's in a notebook that you flip back a couple pages and it's like, my H-E-B list, you know, I need to get, <laughs> you know, coffee, cream, tampons, floor cleaner, Apples. I actually don't need apples. Wait, so, so. And, and then you go back. And then it's like, oh, here's a song. In the middle of your grocery list. Yes, kind of. <laughs> and not in the middle of the list itself, but like yeah, in the middle of the it. notebook. And um, eggs, milk, jet stream. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, or you know, or whatever. So, I think sometimes the the creative brain is is somewhat chaotic that way, mm -hmm. and this freaks people like J Rock out because she's you know numbers and 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 uh no no, no organization <laughs> right, right. Let, let. i can deal with chaos i i can deal with chaos no, you you're, deal you're, you deal with it by by straightening out my my pantry well you're very much a controlled chaos that i can i can totally deal with and when i'm in a chaos a chaotic situation yes i fix it i i put it into neat little spaces <laughs> girl you fix a lot of things you opened that door up when that girl was ringing the doorbell and was like let's deal let's deal what's going on but i just like to take care of business i like to take care of the problems i just like to get them back where they need to be and everybody just keep going yeah but there's a method to the madness there's a method there, i'm the method you're the method She's this the is madness. the madness gotcha. oh no okay all right <laughs> you know that what you know what in some what? ways that will be the title of the show <laughs> right well, in some ways that is true, but you know, there I, I there there are many sides to what I do. So I also I also do a lot of business. So I I I manage multiple projects. I mm -hmm. I do a lot of uh, digital business. I, I build websites. I create things. I I can edit, film, do graphic design. I've got usually about seven programs open on my uh, MacBook at the same time. And that's the kind of madness that I work in. It's like having a messy desk. Yeah. Right. But, but at the same time, I'm also like, I write everything down. I put everything on my calendar. I'm, you know, I, I, I can sometimes make a mess of my car or my kitchen or something, but usually I like it very tidy. And a lot of times I get too busy, but I, I try to keep things very, very, very organized in my own way. No, because whatever works i'm whatever. doing too many things at once and that's how i like it so too many so. hats too many hats well i don't mind it a though I like no, that's fine that's fine but so go back to the to the writing so yes pen and pad um does the me the melody comes to mind or the lyrics first or it's just whatever it's the free usually fall? for me it's not the melody first it's not so there are people i think i think um i know many musicians who are you know, my friends and colleagues who are 
musicians first, right? So they are an instrumentalist first. Uh-huh. And they'll be on an instrument or there's an instrumental moment in their brain where they're like, oh my God, I love that chord progression. And that's what they feel first. Um, I tend to be a writer. I've always been a writer. So whether it be writing something, a, po- a poem or a short story or a, um, I would love to write a novel someday. So I tend to love words first and meaning first. So for example, I'll, I'll be living life somewhere. Somebody says something and I go, wow, that is that. And it, it, the line or the words will register for me and I'll write it down. That's brilliant. And it will inspire the entire song. So, or I'll read a book. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'm inspired by reading other people's work. So I'll read, I'll be in the middle of a novel and I go, Oh my God, that concept or the way they put those words together is just brilliant. So I'll do that. And that usually is what starts a song for me. And if it really is working, I'll get the entire song out in the, the, the session. Yeah. Um, the moment of setting, even getting the guitar out, then it becomes refining it. Like, Oh, I thought this was going to be a ballad. Come to find out it's better in a higher key and in a faster tempo or a groovier tempo. And now the whole meaning of the song has changed. So you start making adjustments to your lyrics and things like that. So, so you change, you write the music as well. I do. And so you just try things out. Okay. Well, let me try this. And then if it doesn't work. So what about all the other, uh, instruments? So if you oh no, those come later. So I present the song to the artists. Okay. So my drummer, bass player, piano player, guitar player, gotcha. and I say, "This is what I've done." And sometimes they come back and say, "You know, you need a passing chord right here," or "I think that the tempo or this would be better here." Maybe there needs to be a build or a break here. But um, and I hope that they do that because their input is incredibly valuable. Um, so no, I don't write the drum parts. I, I might say to the drummer or to the bass player, "I." feel a such and such groove this is yeah. what i hear in my head because usually i do have an idea in my head and oh by the way a lot of times i'll get on the computer and use my minimal amount of studio gear that i have and i'll use a drum loop or i'll write a drum loop or blah blah, blah or I'll, pl- I'll play a bass line on the keyboard yeah um and i'll create a demo um it may completely change after that. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's just so, d- so you yeah. can present it to your band and be like, look, this is what I have in mind. You know, you guys figure out the rest and I'll give you direction as far as where I want the thing to go. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So let's get into um, Jetstream. Mm. <laughs> You're one of the popular songs. Actually, Lori said earlier her uh, her most favorite song was uh, in, the company, in, your company. in Your Company. In Your Company. That's Kimmy's yeah. favorite, too. In Your Company. I like that one. So, Jetstream, like, what was your, your, I guess, your mindset when you wrote that? What, what were you, who, who is it, who is it for, I guess? Well, so. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard to tell. <laughs> I had to listen to it a few times. But I'm like, is it a love? Is it, you're talking about God? Are you talking, about, I, I don't know. So. Well, I think, what, what, not, not to be cheesy, but I mean, love has a universal theme. So whether it be God or. God is love. So it's kind of redundant. God is love, right. <laughs> Or whether it be your lover, your romantic person, your, um, you know, a child. Uh, I think it can translate to, to whatever you feel when you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that song definitely has a lot of gospel in it and a lot of... Um, I, use, I, 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 I know that I, in a lot of my music I use a lot of um, biblical things and um, religious theme and that kind of thing because I was, hi- you know, highly influenced in, in the church I grew up in and... Yeah. and I think there's something about 
love and experiences, whether they're painful or not, that is about uh, rejoicing in the outcome and rejoicing in the experience and what you learn from it. And maybe things, maybe it's a painful thing, but you, you know, we have to embrace all of those things because they're what make us better at the next opportunity, we hope. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I definitely use a lot of that and you see you, there's a lot of it in jet stream. That's, that's for sure. Um, as a matter of, so a very, very important person in my life, uh, named Jane Reese, uh, was telling me a story about her niece, um, who was afraid to be in the water. They were in the ocean. Uh-huh. And, um, she says to her niece, um, just, you know, relax float on the water i've got you i've got you you know trust me right so she's telling the story i float on my backside i let you i beg you rescue me so these words came from a conversation a moment talking about those things with with uh, jane and and like that that's a great example so from that story many other pieces of experience and and important things in my life and uh, whatnot came together into that song, mm-hmm. and I mean, one of my m- oldest songs that we're actually releasing a new version of. Twelve years ago, we f- recorded the first version. It's called "Charge Laughing." I charge laughing. Those words I read in an E.E. E. Cummings poem. Mm-hmm. You know the hip hop artist E.E. E. Cummings. E.E. E. Cummings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, J. Rock. Do you know E.E. E. Cummings? <laughs> I do through her song, yes. Oh, uh, the poet E. e. Cummings, and I took I, that hit me right in a certain way, and I took it and and was kind of experiencing some a moment in life where it was like that was sort of like you've got to be fucking kidding me. This is really happening. Wow, one of those kind of yeah, yeah. like m- my friend is dating my ex or whatever it was. Right, it was so many years ago where you're just sitting there going, huh? And so I took I charge laughing and. E.E. Cummings' version of it was just this beautiful poetry. I mean, we could look it up and read it. But um, I used it in a way that expressed this idea of you have to charge laughing beyond these things that hit you, right? Like, just bust through that wall, even if it's a little bit, feel a little bit maniacal at the time. Mm -hmm. Laugh your way through it. Be positive about it and go forward. So, relative to your question about songwriting... Relating to that, that one moment in an entire book of E. Cummings poetry inspired that song. Whereas uh, with Jetstream, that conversation and story and the impact it had on me uh, with Jane when she was talking about her niece, all of those things morphed into these songs that have carried a whole lot of my career mm-hmm. and that touch people all over the world. Mexican man's the same. Same yeah, people thing. come to you and say, "Oh, I love this song. This oh, yeah. totally resonates with me. I had this happen to me." And if even I was not, you know, the way you wrote it, they interpreted, you know, their own way. They made it. They made it theirs in a way. I had a woman yes. about a year and a half ago at one of my shows at the Saxon Pub come uh, said hi to me and thanked me and hugged on me, um, and then later the next day or two sent an email through my website to me that explained that she had been through an incredibly difficult time in her life, um, really hard things, and that she was in a state of wanting to just basically end everything. Ew. And somebody introduced, uh, 
I, I'm not. I'm not sure specifically what song. I have to think about that. Better than I, well. I want to say be, it may have been better than well, which is a really a positive song. Yeah. Same kind of messaging that Charge Laughing has, but introduced to my music to her, and that um, that same friend invited her to that show, and she was reluctant to go because life sucked and yada yada yada, and she went and. I'm not giving my, I swear I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm tooting that friend's horn that gave her this opportunity to come do something outside of her box that, that made a change in her life. And what an honor that what I presented, not knowing it was going to have that change on this individual's life, that it actually happened. So I see that as a huge honor. And she let me know that. And it was about the most, one of the most mind blowing uh, gifts that I can receive to hear that. So, well, there, there's one little snippet that before the whole Italy trip with Ginger and I, I'll go back to you real quick. Mm-hmm. Is that I did know of Ginger and I was listening to her music without knowing at that time when I was going to Italy with her that she was this same Ginger. So there was mm-hmm. a song that Ginger and Sarah had written um, called "After a While," and I had known of the song. I had the CD and. Um, this was a song that really resonated with me at a time where I was going through this funky phase and it helped me get through it, Mm -hmm. um, through this relationship basically. And when I met Ginger five years ago, um, at the time when I was in Italy with her, I didn't realize it was the same Ginger of this song. And it wasn't until after we got- Same Ginger as Ginger and Sarah Band. Right. And it wasn't until after we got back that I was like, oh my God. You helped me. You helped me, and I totally resonated <laughs> with the song at the time. So yes, um, I can testify to nice, that too. Nice. Songs yeah. are very powerful, and and we are we songwriters are um, challenged with it, and because you really want to do it right, and you want it to make a difference, or you want it to make someone laugh, or you want it to make them dance, whatever it may be. Gotta and, connect. You know, um, at the same time, it's like cool. You hear those stories. All right. Uh, feel good. We're talking for an hour. I'm, I, I wow. just I just turned the phones back on. Uh, the number is 512-539-0225. If you want to call me, if you have a question for Ginger Lee here or J-Rock or me, <laughs> we're all here talking. Uh, so feel free to call again. The number is 512-539-0225. I'm taking one call at a time, by the way. So uh, feel free. And we're going to keep talking until we get a phone call. I'm sure it's going to the time I'm done with the sentence. <laughs> I have nothing to say. I'm finished. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not done. We are not done, my friend. We are not done. You are no longer my friend, my friend. <laughs> so <laughs> Nina, <laughs> Nina Bada, there uh, Nina Bada. There's a, there's a call in. Hey, on the feedback podcast. What's your name? Hey, my name is Suzanne. Greetings from the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Oh, welcome! Wow, Minnesota listeners. Well, Hi, thank you, Suzanne. Thank you. Well, hi. I saw on Ginger's uh, Facebook page that she was going to be on your podcast tonight, and uh, I've just been sitting here hanging out listening to it because I wanted to tell my How I Met Ginger story. Oh, go for it. Cool. Is it too late for that segment, or can I? Uh, no, no, that's fine, as long as it's not too long. <laughs> oh, come on. Tell us, no, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was, I was visiting a friend in uh, Austin, Texas last December, and uh, he was wanted to show us around the music scene a little bit, my boyfriend and I. So we were looking around, looking around. And um, he wanted to go someplace that we couldn't find. It used to be some there. wasn't there anymore. 
So we started all, we all whipped out our phones and we're like, where should we go? Where should we go? And here Ginger was playing at the Saxon that night. And so I said to my friend, Jim Barry, who you might oh, recognize. Oh, Jim Barry, of course. <laughs> I said, uh, you know, um, I just Googled Ginger Lee and she's kind of, she's a stripper. What, what, what? <laughs> I, 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 hold on, hold on. We went, <laughs> That's the first thing that if popped you up? L-E-E, you get the stripper. Oh. <laughs> yeah, wrong site. Yeah. Which, yeah, wrong one. So, but then we, we went anyway, because why not? And, uh, and my friend Jim Barry said he really liked going to the Saxon, but it gets full really fast, and he never had a lot of good luck um, finding a table. But we got one right down front, yeah, right in front of Ginger. I'd never, never seen her before, never heard of her. Here I am from the other end of 35, Highway 35, and I just fell in love with her. And so did my boyfriend Dave. And so did my friend Jim, and we we were just wowed. We were blown away. And I I've bought all your iTunes stuff since then, Ginger. And I th- I just wanted to call and say, when are you coming up to the Twin Cities to do a show? Uh, well, how long how long ago was that? When you it met? It was her? in December. Oh, this past December? Yep. Oh wow. Yep. And we sat right in front, and uh, after Ginger was Hector Ward, who also blew us away. So. Nice. So what's your, what's your so we question? We love you. What's your question to her? <laughs> I want a question. And by the, by the way, I do make a joke, Suzanne, um, often about my website. And if if you, my website is actually glee, G-L-E-I-G-H dot com. Yeah. And if you just Google me or you go to gingerlee.com or dot net, you find my escort service. So yeah, she the, found a strip. <laughs> what you found is actually mine. That's where I make my big money. And <laughs> that, that's her alias. <laughs> Well, you're so sweet. Well, <laughs> now, my question is, when, when, when y'all coming up here to the other end of um, Interstate 35 and putting on a show for all my Minnesotans who need to know more about you? Minnesota? Uh, you know, Minnesota? when I'm coming up there, I, here's when I'm going to come up there and do a show. When you and your friends put together a house concert, and I will come up there and sing specifically for you and, like, say, 50 of your closest friends. Wow. Well, well, bless your heart. We'll get to work on that right away. <laughs> Send me a message. I'm serious. We'll we'll do it. We'll make it happen. I think that'd be great. Let's do it this it summer because it's going to be too damn hot down here. Yeah, make it yeah. happen. Yeah. Well, all right. I'll do that. I'll message you. But anyway, we love you up here. We send all kinds of love and adoration. And um, I've got about five of my friends who I ride around in my car with me. Though I just play your CDs and I go, wow. So wow, thank you. We love you. Wow. That yeah. Just thank makes you. Me feel thank so you. Good. Thank you for calling. Yeah, take care, you guys, and uh, stay dry, okay? Thank yes. you, and thanks to Jim Barry for bringing you to my uh, to my show at the Saxon. Appreciate that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, another caller. Hey, on the feedback with Ginger Hello. Lee. Yes. This is Mark, Ginger's brother. <laughs> Mark! <laughs> Mark. Family. Oh my God! Everyone loves Mark Jr. Wait, are you the Mark that sang the, Hello? the yes. national anthem? Yes, this is oh. the famous Mark All Seward. Right. That's me, oh, brother yeah. Mark. Brother Mark, I'm back. Did you watch our video of at the state side, love at the state side, where he and I do the ballad together? No, I didn't see. I didn't see. Okay, that. Oh, amazing. Yeah, no, it. Mark, bless your heart, brother Mark. 
So Brother Mark <laughs> is not a performer. He's not, uh, you know, he's he's a karaoke performer, and he should not. He should be doing more than that. I believe in him because he's got a great karaoke. Voice. Yes, many many beers into it. Up <laughs> <laughs> he's a carpenter, you know. He's you know. But uh, I asked him every year in December. I do I performance, and thank God there's Janine who helps put it together with me. But uh, called Love at the State Side right. State Theater at the Paramount and we raise money for kids and all of this great stuff. And, um, this year I said, Mark, come do a song with me. Brother Mark, come sing a song with me. And he's like, all right, okay, let's do it. And, um, we learned the song. Mark and I practiced it in his pickup truck and then we practiced it rehearsal <laughs> with the band. And it was a standing ovation moment and it was very moving. And Mark, you killed it. And, um, Thank you. did kill it. A couple of months later, I call Mark, Brother Mark. I'm like, Brother Mark, would you like to sing the national anthem at the Irwin Center for the UT women's basketball game? And he's like, damn, my first show's at the State Theater at the Paramount. My second show's at the Irwin Center. Sure. We're going to ACL next. Yep. No, I think you said we're going to Nashville next or something. Oh. Anyway. Recording a CD next. Well, you're calling in, bro. What you want? Stop! Just calling in to say hi. I've been listening to the podcast, and thought it'd be fun to talk to you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> you have a question for? Well, I mean, what what's it like to wait? Your older brother, right? This is my older brother. How was she when she was a little kid? Oh gosh, she just wouldn't believe it. If you'd see some of the videos that she Turn made when it. she was a kid, she's always been a performer and just always loved to be in front of the camera, singing, uh, dancing, um, just. Gosh, she's just always done that. I mean, I've always been around it. So, you know, like she's told the story before, my whole family's been uh, very musical and and a very talented family. And she's just another one of them carrying on the legacy there. Aw, thanks. You, you, so you sing yourself and perform and you play instruments and all that stuff? Um. I played a little bit of instruments when I was young, but I don't. I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily the performer. Like Ginger said, um, I'm more the uh, go out and have a good time, get up and and uh, make people laugh at the karaoke gig. <laughs> but you know what? Though but, that being uh, true, you're also a really great singer. I mean, he's really good. Oh I yeah, mean, I mean, I heard the national that was phenomenal. That was great. Yeah. Well, you know, I I tell you, my two brothers, uh, Matt and Mark are really, really great guys. And Mark, you have always been an incredible brother and, and protected me when I needed it and bugged me when I needed it and all that <laughs> Our stuff. Brothers but, do. Yeah. Shout out to Mark, man. Yep. And little and little baby brother Matt, bless his heart, I had him in front of the camera when he was uh, much younger than we are. You know, he's six years younger. So, uh, Marky, I love you, and I'm glad you called in. Love, love you too. All right, thanks for calling, Mark. You bet. Have All right, take care. Bye, Mark. Right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Any other family members want to call? I don't in? know. This you never awesome. know. We need to get Bullet and Matt, Jan. Matt needs to call. If Matt he's needs listening. to call. Where's Mickey? He's got some stories. Yes. <laughs> let me let me ask you this though. Um, when you came to Austin, I mean, you were in San Antonio, so you had been to Austin many times before we actually decided to come here. Well, of course. I mean, it is, it's really not that far, but... Yeah. Um, but at the time, was it already, like, you know, big and Austin was known as this no, music place? Or? Well, of course. I mean, Austin's been known as a music place for many years. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was growing up, though, we were very San Antonio-centric because of the Cones family and my 
mom and aunts and all, you know, the somewhat local celebrity status that was going on in the area. Um, and then from there south, so we were always in, you know, Port Aransas bound, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. But for me, I loved Austin because it was groovy and different and, um, you know, the black sheep of Texas and I'm the black sheep of the family. So it was great. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, mom, you want to call back and, and comment on this? Um, but I, I, you know, Mark and I had the blessing of, of going on a family road trip with my, with our dad and stepmom at the time, um, all over the country. It was a road trip all the way up to, um, Michigan and into Canada oh, wow. and New York and DC and all this stuff and back down. And, um, that totally opened my, I think I was in third grade. I could be wrong. Mark could chat in and say, but, um, it made me go, Oh my God, there's a big world out here. How fun. And what you can learn and see and who you can be when you get out there. It's great. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I was 15 and by the way, so we're from San Antonio, but our mom's side of the family had property outside of San Antonio on the North side of town on the direction of New Braunfels. Okay. And so we ended up going to school in New Braunfels, 30 minutes away by car, um, there were high schools much closer, but the way it was, the county was divided, that's where we went. So we had the rural life and we had the city life and it was, I loved that. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but around the age of 15, uh, I was, I guess a sophomore going to junior year. Um, there were, there was a group of kids going on exchange to Germany because New Braunfels is a German town. So that right. was sort of, con- I was studying Spanish, but I was like, oh, my God, what a great experience to be able to go with this school group to Germany. Small group. Um, and my family pulled together in, in various ways, and everybody pitched in and made it work for me to go on this trip. And um, although a lot of my family had gone to um, Israel and had been to the Bahamas and Mexico and things like that, this I think, I think, and I could be wrong, but this was the first sort of venture. I was going for an extended stay, living with the family, you know, for the whole summer uh, trip to Germany and that, um, just, it, it, again, it just reinforced my knowledge, my, the thing that was opening up for me at that age, which was the horizon is so much bigger. Right. And also what was opening up for me at that age was we may call it X, Y, Z where we live and what we think is the absolute, but you go elsewhere and people are basically seeking and finding the same thing. They just call it something else. And that's that's what's so incredible about um, moving in and out of various cultures. Mm-hmm. And that started that part of me. So although I lived in San Antonio um, and then Austin, in, in the 23 years I've lived in Austin, which we can get to how much it's changed and we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've also lived in, it, in and out of Italy for, you know, extended stays, various points of, of time. Um, you know, having an apartment here, well, living in a why, castle. Why, why Italy? Why Italy at all? Well, a good friend of mine, my best friend, was um, on exchange over there. Uh-huh. And when, right fresh out of high school. And um, my other best friend and I uh, went and visited. And I fell in love with it. And um, uh, after that, I had another opportunity to go back with another friend. It's, it's a bit long of a story, but um, I went back with another friend Got to have an apartment there with a friend's brother um, and stayed there for an extended period of time. So you you speak fluent 
Pretty Italian. close. Pretty yeah, close. I mean, you have a song in, in Italian. Yes, uh, it's somebody else's song. Mina, Mina was a big pop star in the 60s, oh, okay. and she's like the goddess of pop, Italian pop music in Italy, and I covered her song. But um, yes, I, I lived there off and on, came back, went to UT, decided to study Italian, even though I was way deep into Spanish studies and studied Italian, which was an incredible blessing because it's so cool and it was so much fun. Oh, yeah. Went back and studied there. You know, it's it's a novel, and it could take hours to, to finish the story. But back and forth to Italy, when I was with the Ginger and Sarah Band, we had um, a manager who was also a friend um, who was an Italian-American uh, who lived over in Italy part of the time. Uh-huh. So when she was managing our tours and stuff like that, she lived there. So we would base out of Italy. And we had, you know, record distribution with Sony Italia. We had a um, oh wow, we had a nice agent over there, big agent. So we were being shuffled around from radio interviews to magazine interviews to big shows, and whether we were opening a show or performing a show, you know, thousands of people in a piazza in a club with just a few hundred people, just depended on uh, the time of year and what it was. We had some incredible experiences, I and mean, we would go to Switzerland and Austria so, and Germany. So, and so going going overseas, people knew Austin. When you said I'm from Austin, they knew what what you were talking about. They know it more now. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, so most of the time, people misunderstood Austin for Houston, especially when you're speaking Italian and you say, you know, "Io sono da Austin," and they go "Houston," and you're like, "No, Austin," and they go "Jr. Ewing," and you're like, "No, that's Dallas." <laughs> But it's it's changed quite a bit since then. Um, people know Austin now. It's much more known South by Southwest. Yeah, I would say, you know, in the 20 years I was traveling back and forth there, the last decade, it's like, oh, South by Southwest. And you're like, see, South by Southwest. Um, now with Formula One here and the Circuit of the Americas, um, which I adore and love, it's even a more known city yeah. globally. But um, it's always, you know... South by Southwest was always the defining, um, originally the defining thing for people. So when you first started performing here in Austin, um, how did people react at first? When I started performing here? Yeah, here in Austin, yeah. I'll tell you. um, Since you're not really, uh, you know, in the box. Well, when I first started. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. When I first started performing here, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know what I was aiming for, right? I, I had no... I didn't have to, I didn't say, okay, I'm going to be a folk singer or a rock singer or whatever. I don't know what I was aiming for. I just knew that I had always been a singer. Yeah. And I'd always done well at it in the realms that I'd been in, the talent contests and the kid band and the, you know, various things like that. And so when I first came here to sing, I was covering mostly and I I had a guy play guitar for me. I mean, I played a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I didn't play enough to play a whole show. And, um, I had a really strong network of friends and strong network of friends and people who spread the word, who spread the word, who spread the word. And so right out of the shoot, I was packing the house and it was, I was mine and my mind was blown. I was like, wow, this is incredible. And it was really fun. I was doing like Katie Lang songs and cranberries and, you know, (laughs) whatever I could think of that I love to sing. Bonnie Raitt, you name it. Was there a show that I put that put you on the map that people were like, oh, this is it, this is the, uh, this is Ginger Lee. I'm here to stay. This is what I do. Like, was there a show like that? All of her shows are like that. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, J Rock. 
Thanks, J-Rock. <laughs> you say the things I would like to say but can't because that would be kind of uncool. No, exactly. I'm no, so really. I'm here. Thank you, Noah. That's really sweet. Well, I hope that that's true, actually, because I feel like every you're only as good as your last moment, right? You're only as good as your last performance. Oh, yeah. So, um, no, but I, you know, referring to that very, very beginning, I mean, there was a, a, it was basically it was a coffee shop, and it was off twenty two twenty two. Doesn't exist anymore. I think it was called Cafe Zeno or something of the sort. And I may have even worked there and convinced the person <laughs> to let me. I don't know. Of course, you do a show, and it was completely full and it was my first show and I had this guy's name was Johnny something uh-huh. and he long curly hair mom was at that show and um I have pictures of it I don't know what the hell I was wearing but anyway and I'm doing <laughs> Natalie Merchant songs and I'm just covering songs and all these people came out and really supported and from that moment forward it I um so uh Austin Java the original one at 12th and Lamar um they would do shows in the back, and it was a back patio, and they had a stage, and I started performing there, and John Pointer would uh, play with me. Um, another woman named Ginger Buck, she played uh, guitar, and um, we had this trio kind of thing, and we'd just pack it. It was just awesome. People were really coming out to support the shows, and... Um, uh, what else? I mean, so anyway, so I started... Oh, then there was Rhythm House. So Rhythm House was at 34th near campus uh-huh. and I want to say 34th anyway and it was the first tapas don't mistake that for topless first tapas uh <laughs> place in this old house and I would play out there and John Pointer would accompany me and it was packed and there was never any seating because it was packed and and things just were growing from there and during the same time period I also did a, a gingerly in the front porch swing which is a swing band when swing was really popular in the mid nineties and we would play the caucus club every week. And, you know, it was a different era in town and, um, uh, it was the Lilith fair era, which means at that time period, female vocals, uh, female artists were becoming more and more and more, um, promoted and signed to labels. And, um, it was a very hopeful time. Yeah. Um, good friends like Casey Crowley and Trish Murphy and people like that. And Patrice Pike, sister seven, were being signed to labels and a lot of really neat things were happening and there was this incredible energy and um i mean i it it was it was it was awesome um so that's how it kind of got that's how it definitely got started here for me in austin so well the the thing about the uh one thing i want to talk about um the austin scene um like i told you earlier i've gotten to the live music within the last few years I was more about the DJs at first because I'm a hip hop head, reggae head, and all that I stuff. I thought so since you're African. <laughs> oh, what does that mean? <laughs> referring back to our and French. Referring and back French. to our story earlier. Yeah. Inside that. You box. must like hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in that box. I'm trying to get out. I'm I'm, I'm out. Actually. Come on. I'm already out. I'm already out. You're on the show. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> anyway, um, and so. The, the thing out, it seems that you know there is the you know of course the vibrance in here in Austin, a lot of indie bands playing, a lot mm-hmm. of local artists, but it seems that only a few really make it out of Austin, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I mean, you've traveled, you know, all over the world, all over the country, toured with some big names, all of that stuff, you know. Whether it's you know, um, whether you're a hip hop artist or whatever you do in Austin, it seems to be hard to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
unless you're you know Gary Clark Jr. or any other, I mean or you actually. So what? <laughs> yeah. No, no. That's, but, it's but I mean, all relative, darling. I mean, look, I'm just saying that you know, uh, the number the number of people who make it out of here is disproportionate to to the talent that we have in town. Why do, why do you think that is? Well, I think that the number of people who make it out of playing gigs their entire lives is very small. It's the, probably one of the most difficult industries in the world, mm-hmm. um, I think. Um, so no matter where you live, that is that it's always going to be a struggle. And the most talented people don't always become discovered or have the greatest successes. Um, so success has to be measured by whether or not you're happy with what you have going on and you want to keep doing it. That's true. I get um, but Austin specifically, and I think a lot of my friends and colleagues here would agree, is uh, it started to have some, it started to have some infrastructure in terms of labels and things like that. Referring to the era I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. when my girlfriends Casey and Trish Patrice were being signed and things like that, Arista had an office here. That era kind of. I think was short lived. I mean, the Antone, I hope I'm not uh, speaking incorrectly here, but like the Antones label, things like that, which were local, did a lot for that genre of music. Um, but there wasn't a lot of infrastructure here in terms of studios connected to labels, connected to major radio play. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the paradigm started to shift and internet stuff started taking over and labels, um, Versus the indie artist, um, like Ani DeFranco, for example, was really leading the you can be an indie artist and release your own album um, path. When when that shift started happening, I think I think infrastructure just didn't take hold here. It didn't make sense at the time. It was too small of a town with really an incredible pool of talent. But um, you had to go to L.A., Nashville, and New York at that time period. And even still, like Nashville is, I think, has the stronghold on the... Um, traditional industry right now. Austin, um, I think there are more bands and more styles Mm -hmm. in Austin right now than ever before. And it's changed so much to where um, the style of music and the things that anchored this town are being um, drowned out by... uh, That sounds negative. I don't mean that to sound negative, but um, being drowned out by... uh, a heck of a lot more um, influx of various types of music. So our industry is, um, these are just the the challenges, I think. Right, right, So right, I don't right, want them right. to sound negative, but they're the challenges. It's always been a saturated pool. It's a more saturated pool now than ever. And um, it's, it's very hard to get out of here. I mean, certain people do, and they do it by... Um, uh, anchoring with people in other cities, and that's just—I mean, I know a lot of people who sign with even small labels in other parts of the country. I don't know. I, I mean, thi- I think it's—I uh, mean, it's kind of a two-way uh, street where you have okay, you have access to all this—you know—technology. You can put stuff on YouTube and become famous, like Justin Bieber, you know, or you know, put out your own music. You know, or you use a computer, you know. Garage band, whatever you use, and then put it out and hope that some and have more access, you know, to your to people and really distribute it in a smart way and so on and so forth. And yet, you're in a city like Austin where you know, uh, you don't have that 
that infrastructure, like you were saying, and there's all these venues, and some of them get shut down, and then you know, uh, get replaced by just you know, clubs. Starbucks. Yeah, or <laughs> or another high rise or whatever. Yeah. No, no, but I mean, it, it's um. Look, here's the thing: the internet excel- itself. If we're if we're talking about technology and the ability to record something and put it out there mm-hmm. you we have the opportunity we as artists of all types have the opportunity to distribute our music all over the world with a push of a button right we actually have the opportunity to record something fairly quickly at home if we feel like it and we mm-hmm. think it's good enough to put out there no one is stopping us from doing so there is not a filter pandora for example does filter they do actually check it out and make sure they think it's going to fit um but for the most part and i'm not a big fan of of Spotify and Pandora in terms of uh, the payout to the artists. But in terms of all of those vehicles, there's incredible vehicles. We're on one right now on, on the feedback podcast. This is a vehicle to have a discussion, promote, do these things. The, the vehicles are everywhere, which means that everyone has a vehicle. So there's no filter. There's, uh, you know, a million and one people inviting you to a million and one events on Facebook. Right. So my event or your event or J Rock's event does not stand out unless you make that content or something about the personality of it, or you work incredibly hard, grassroots version, and you kick some serious ass and spend a lot of time making sure people know that you're playing at the Saxon Pub this Friday <laughs> at, at nine. Um, you know um, <laughs> But <laughs> so oh, so nobody so done. it's done. much Brilliant. much much harder to break through the noise because the crappiest of the crappiest of crappy can also put something out there or the best of the best of the best can. Mm-hmm. And so how do you get heard? And this is the constant problem. And there's one more thing I want to say about the modern moment. And this is something Wendy and I talked about, and she really grasped this concept. And it's about value uh, the 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 value of music has shifted so there's a there's what we have now is we have a situation where people don't think that you have to pay for music yeah. nor do they think their relationship to the music or the artist needs to be long term it's throwaway it's, it's quick it's add generation it's add <laughs> it is and and, and no, no, we used to buy full albums i know buy full cassettes mother and i had Barry Manilow on an eight track Bianchi. look, look <laughs> but, i will i will tell you it's <laughs> so i want people to i want people to connect and relate and invest and have a long term relationship with the music that they love especially mine yes especially <laughs> yours no but i i, I totally agree and we do live in this in this uh Society where everything is now, 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 ready to jump on the next thing. Not so you take the time to appreciate it, mm-hmm. you know, and for the right reasons. I, I do mean, that with boyfriends, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't make the time to appreciate it. No, I appreciate it, but then I'm you don't done. Take the time to appreciate then I'm it? done. I'm like really? moving on, moving on. You look at a CD. You have the cover, the the art. The I don't art buy albums anymore, honey. That'd be like put a ring on it, I, not going there. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm just saying, take the I'm time joking. and enjoy it. I'm totally kidding. She does take the time to enjoy it. Just, yeah, she just moves on from it. (laughs) 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 Take me, baby, oh, leave me. No, come on, let's get real. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. (laughs) Oh, I shut everybody up. Yeah. (laughs) So. (laughs) It was going to happen at some point. (laughs) My brother and my mother are on the floor rolling right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but. Go ahead. Did you have a 
uh, an artist that you really looked up to that you got to meet in your career? And well, yes, actually. Okay, so first of all, if anybody listening to this has any ability to get me backstage to Bette Miller show on her tour that she's about to go on, uh, that's somebody I, I actually would really love to meet. Now, I've met lots of celebrities. I don't do the dorky freak out celebrity thing. Mm-hmm. I think celebrities are talented people who have more exposure than talented people who have less exposure. Um, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Really, the only difference is that more people know them. Yeah, but, um, they're just people like us. They're just people. They, they, they put a shoe one one at a time, just like us. That's right. They're just like us. Yeah, just like just like me, 2005 Suburban Drivers. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, like, uh, but yeah, so Bonnie Wright, for example, was somebody who I just grew up adoring and loving the way she sang and the whole deal. And um, she, uh, the first time I got to virtually meet her was on a radio interview phone call. And, and I never did stuff like that. And I was in college and I'm like, I'm going to call. And I felt like such a dork doing so. But I asked her a question. And it wasn't about music. It was about um, like what she likes to do outside of music or something like that. I don't remember, but she liked it. She goes, wow, that's a great question. And I was sitting there like elated. You know, I'm talking to Bonnie Raitt on the telephone. I'm 19 years old. Like, this is cool. Um, then jump a number of uh, years forward where I'm doing my career and I'm doing my thing where I have access, I have more access to mm-hmm. uh, more known people. Um I was backstage at a performance that had uh, many of my favorites, my favorites in this genre. It, it had Bonnie Raitt, Willie Nelson, um, Michael McDonald from the Doobie Brothers, who I've mentioned many times. Um, it had all these like great performers, a lot of music that I really knew from my dad, you know, except for the Willie part. Willie's just like Willie the Great. But anyway, yeah. and I'm backstage. I get to meet them all, hanging out with all of them. And I had met Bonnie... Oh, I'd met Bonnie at a thing with uh, Gary Clark Jr. I was backstage at the backyard when the backyard was around. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet her and I got to give her a CD, right? And so it's a CD of a live recording from Studio A at uh, KUT. And I do a song that Bonnie Raitt and Sippy Wallace made famous on this live recording. This is many years ago. And I share this recording with Bonnie and I'm so excited about it later I realized and I doubt she even listened to it but I I was mortified because later I realized that John Ailey says as a response to this song you do that song better uh, as well as if not better than Bonnie Raitt and I didn't cut anything out I just the whole interview right and I'm like oh my god I hope she didn't listen to it she probably didn't but so jump forward to this thing where it's Will, Willie and Michael McDonald and Bonnie and da, da, da. And I'm back there and she's getting food on the backstage thing. And I say, I walk up and I go next door and I say, you know, how's my favorite rock star? And she looks at me and I go, I'm, and she goes, yeah, Ginger, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Damn Like with it. that tone? Yeah, she was cold, shoulder. And I don't know if it was personal. She may have just had a tone. She gets in a zone. She's about to perform. I don't know. But that was my experience with it. And I was like, crap. Anyway, so she does the show. And then we all end up over at the Saxon. And and this one, bless his heart, Stephen Bruton was still living. And, of course, Bonnie's in town. They're good friends. So she shows up. And I'm there. And 
you know, I'm talking to her in the Saxon and with Stephen and all these people, and it was really great, and I, I felt better about things. So jump to, like, this all happens in a very short period of time. Uh-huh. Jump forward a couple of months. I'm on, on tour on tour in New Zealand, and it's the last night. I'm finished touring. I'm going home the next day, and my friends say, what do you want to do? We're in Auckland, New Zealand. What do you want to do tonight, your last night? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe we should go to the casino or, you know, go dancing or something. And they go, well, Bonnie Raitt's at the blah, blah, blah theater. And I said, hell no. (laughs) If I show up at this show, she's going to think I'm the biggest stalker because in a very short period of time, I've gotten to visit with (laughs) or be cold-shouldered by or, you know, have a great time with Bonnie Raitt, someone I really admire. Uh And, um... So that's a that's just a funny uh, somebody who I thought I would never ever you know luck of the draw that album was a huge influence for me um, to get to encounter multiple times in a row and actually refused going to see her one time because I did not want never her to think titles. It might be that I was <laughs> wow stalking. Never heard that yeah. story. Wow. There you go. Pretty cool. Nice, nice. But right. we gotta we're gonna wrap up pretty soon. Um, any plugs, shout outs you want to make? Plugs. How can people find you? Okay. Um, on the internet? You can Google me when you find my escort service. Just keep on moving. <laughs> or, no. Um, my name is Ginger Lee. Ginger L E I G H. Website is G L E I G H dot com. So it's G Lee dot com. Um, I'm all over the social media. I've got the Facebook, Ginger L E I G H band, Ginger Lee band. Twitter, Ginger Lee Band. Instagram, Ginger Lee Band. Um, so I'm all over that. Smoke signals. I can send the Pony Express, pigeon, duck carrier calls. pigeon, <laughs> duck calls, whatever you might need. Um, yeah, so I have a lot of records out. I'm on iTunes. Um, you Please, uh, Spotify, Pandora, that's great. It doesn't pay out much to the artists, but if you want to just check it out, um, please do check out my friends, um, all the independent artists from Austin. Uh, there are many great people in this town, and um, I do what I can to uh, bring us together a couple times a year for shows so that you can come and experience many people at once. Um, and back to me, I am playing this Friday, which is May 29th, right? Yes, May okay. 29th at nine, 9. And we do a thing called uh, hashtag. You can hashtag it. Hashtag pack the Saxon. The Saxon Pub, S A X O N. The Saxon Pub is one of Austin's oldest, most legendary, still alive venues. And uh, for all of you, many people who are new to this town, we would love for you to embrace what has always been here. It's the heartbeat of Austin, um, places like the Saxon Pub and the people who play it. So um, this Friday, Pack the Saxon, 9 o'clock, Ginger Lee Band. Uh, you're guaranteed to have a great time. And I hope to uh, sing for you and meet you and uh, connect on social media. And back, thank you for doing what you do. You're welcome. You're very much welcome. And, I, and I'll say this, and that goes back to what you were saying earlier. Um, everybody has, every artist in here has an op- opportunity to have all these vehicles and to put out stuff in the world. However... There's so much of that that I think it all comes back to, you know what? If you like something, tell a friend or two. Tell them, hey, come check it out. I know what you like. We're good friends. Come to a show. Yeah. And I think that's what's, that's what's lacking a little bit in Austin. People get stuck in their own little, in their routine, in their 
environment or whatever places they go to, they don't want to venture out, you know, yeah. and, and find out more. And I think Austin has so much to offer that people, a lot of people have no idea about. That's right. And I think that... There's a lot to explore here, and there's a lot of talent, oh, yeah. whether it's culinary talent, whether it be DJ, dance, art, theater, um, live music. And, you know, what you to your point, social media, for example, mm-hmm. it, it, things... Although this is this wide vehicle and things get lost and it's an ocean of many things, it means that people who like what you do back or things people who like what I do, the power is actually more in the hands of the individuals now than it's ever been before. True. So if everyone goes to your event for your podcast or my Pack the Saxon event on Facebook for this Friday or whatever, and they share it or they invite there are 500 people to it or whatever. Yeah. That is actually how things move forward these days. And it's not, we're not relying on um, going to the record store and people going through the bin. Yeah. You know, my genre in the bins was, would be, I don't give a damn <laughs> genre. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, it's, it's really the power of the people. Um, Cause we have a tool now that if everybody else shares it or everybody else subscribes to it or true. Um, it helps it helps the people you like a lot. So, okay. And I'm all about Keep that. promoting. I'm all about that human connection. You That's know, me technology too. Technology is great, but I like to talk. What are you doing later? Oh, wait. Sorry, Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> J-Rock, anything you want to plug or say? or Just come see Ginger. It's it's an amazing show every time. It's something different. It's something new. It's 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 not the same thing. It's completely out of the box and you're not just coming to see someone sing. Um, and the musicians rock. They do the whole band, the musicians rock. It's, it's just, it's a performance more so than just someone singing. It's awesome. You have to, your personal cheerleader. I am. <laughs> damn it. You know I what? am always. I hope that there are a lot of people <laughs> like Janine, uh, J rock out there like doing that. But in, in addition to that, the Saxon pub itself is really a great venue and, and, it unfortunately is going to have to move in the next couple of years because of all the growth on South Lamar. So old Austinites, don't be bitter about it. Come still support it and then support it when it moves. And new Austinites, please get out. And By the way, new Austinites, stop saying, I've never heard of the Saxon pub. What is that? Get out and learn what. Find out. Yes. If you, if you, uh, if you don't know, ask somebody who's been here. They'll tell you. I mean, shit, this is what I do on the podcast when I have people on, though, is bring up all these, you know, great venues and great shows. So. Yeah, and they're great ones. One to One is an awesome venue. Yeah, strange Brew yeah. is a great venue. And by the way, I'm not just all about the strumming guitar singer-songwriter thing. Like, I like a good party. I like the W Hotel. Yep. I like the wonderful restaurants that are here. I throw uh, the Blue Party for Formula One. I mean, Janine works on that project, too. You and I have run into each other, you know, back, you, we've run into each other dancing, you know, to DJ music and my iPad, iPod, iPhone plays a hell of a lot of DJ stuff and dance music. And I, I mean, I love it. There's a lot of talent that goes into that genre as well. And it's just a different thing. Are you, you already working on the next, oh, the next blue? I work on it all year long. All year long. God damn. Yes. Yeah. It's coming soon. Uh, uh, well, October Formula, or something? Formula October 1 this 23rd, year. October 23rd, 24th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I look, well, yeah. To, I look forward to it. Thank so, you. It's always a lot of fun. And then Keanu Reeves shows up, and I'm like, oh, there he is. 
<laughs> of course he's here. Keanu Reeves is a doll baby, and I need everyone on social media to stop talking about how he looks drunk or stoned. What? He's just shy and chilled and really great. You can say, say what that? you could say whatever you want. It's up to you, but I know from personal experience with him. And then he's uh, pretty laid back from what I he's saw. He's totally cool. Nice guy. I, I didn't want to walk up and say anything, of course, but I was like, "Yeah, it looks pretty." He's just chilling. What's the? He's not like he, doesn't he actually doesn't like a lot of publicity, so no, he, he tries to make sure like people don't. Well, he just doesn't want everyone bugging him. But Matt LeBlanc, on the other hand, big flirt. Um, he has given me some of the best hugs, and <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome, that doesn't it? Sounds. Oh yeah, yeah. No, but he's Very a lot awesome. of fun, and he's you know more of. Did, more did you, jovial. Did you know him personally before doing this? No, or, no, or no. Did you just like, mm-hmm. hey, did you just show up? And then, and then you just, over time... Well, uh, I mean, you know, when you're doing things for Formula One, there's a, a lot of the celebrity uh, stuff uh, happens. And, you know, I mean, celebrities, like, like we said earlier, they're just celebrities. They're just people who are well-known. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's fun. It's always fun. I mean, I have... I, yeah, I've had a lot of t- fun stories. I have a lot of fun stories about meeting various celebrities. and um, But... Yeah, it's the Formula One thing, and it's it's cool. It's groovy, yeah. whatever. I'm happy to know people, and I'm happy they come to the party. And, um, you know, cool, come on. Cool. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, let's see. Oh, I want to thank everybody who um, who called in. Uh, well, I had Mark. Lori. Lori, Jill. Suzanne. Suzanne. Shout out. Thank you all for Mark, calling in. And two marks. Uh, yeah. Make sure that you follow the feedback, uh, BAK, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and so I do this every week. Uh, so this was live, and this is going to be up on iTunes and SoundCloud on Thursday. So you can share it with your friends. And like we were saying just a few minutes ago, you know, there's a lot going on, and it's about really, you know, letting your people know what uh, what's going on and sharing what you like. So if you enjoy the show, just tell a couple friends. Mm-hmm. Go on iTunes, give me a review, let me know what you think. I want your feedback, pun intended. Yeah, I'm going to say <laughs> it again. Share, share, share. The feedback. That's B-A-K. B-A-K. Cause dot I, com. Because I love my name. His name is Back. And I always want to say Bach. I know. I'm not a composer. I wish I was, but I would have worked with you if I was a composer, but I'm just back. I think that you're behind everybody. I think your name, your brand, and everything you're doing is really cool, Back. And I appreciate that you're uh, letting people know about Austin Nightlife and art and music. So I will go share your uh, Facebook page with about 7,000 of my friends on Facebook. You know what's great about being black? You can't tell when you blush. <laughs> Are you black? I didn't notice. <laughs> anyway, it's all. She doesn't. Hey, you know what? Hey, guess what? Color. Black is back. <laughs> back is always will be. I'll always be back, and I'll always be black. All right, uh, let's see what's going on this weekend. <laughs> we keep going with the puns. I can't go all day okay, with my name. Let's let's close this thing <laughs> yeah, out, yeah, man. Yeah. All right, back. We love you. Thank you so much. Hold Thank you. Going, doing your thing. Do I got. I got to tell people what's going on this weekend. Let's see, Thursday, um, Hardproof is playing at the Empire Control Room uh, for the last time, actually. Uh, they were there all May. Uh, with Riders Against the Storm and the Funk Arc, so if you like some funk music and, every, mm-hmm. and you want to see a dope live show, Hardproof is the place, is the, is the people you got to see at Empire. That's Thursday, uh, $10 advance, 12 um, at the door. 
Friday, of course, is Pack the Saxon, which we just talked about. Did you just say Pack the Saxon Friday? Yeah. At 9 o'clock? The yeah. 29th? On the 29th? Yeah. Is that Ginger Lee playing? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, just th- I think I think I heard about her. I wasn't sure. I was just checking. Was, yeah. So didn't understand something you. Something like that. Clearly. It, it, it spelled, it's spelled leg. Or something. It's pronounced leg <laughs> L-E-I-G-H. sometimes. L-E-I-G-H. It's, uh, yeah, it is uh, Friday at the, at the Saxon. Pack the Saxon. Friday yeah. at 9. And Saturday, Table Manor's crew regroup at Plush with Kiss Slice, Crown, Charlie, and Casey Cuts. An induction of DJ Shogun. No cover, 21 plus if you like some hip-hop and you want to bring your dance shoes. Definitely go check it out. And that's all I got. So make sure you follow the feedback, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, follow on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on Stitcher. And uh, let's see what else I got. What else I got? Yeah, I got this stuff coming up uh, this summer. I can't make the announcement yet, but I'm working on it. And next week, I have the great James Taylor from Holy Mountain coming on the show. Cool. And how about you sing us out? J-Rock, can you do the intro? Here is, is the fabulous, amazing Ginger Lee. My girlfriend asked too, so you have to do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I flirted with them all. Do it for you. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna love you Like nobody's loved you Come rain or come shine High as a mountain Deep as a river Come rain or come shine And I guess when you met me It was just one of those things But don't ever bet me Because I'm gonna be true If you let me, let me You're gonna love me Like nobody's loved me Happy together, unhappy together, and won't it be fine? Days may be cloudy or sunny, yeah, we're in over. But I'm with you always I'm with you Rain or shine Rain Thank you. That Pretty was amazing. Dope. That was dope. Wow. I'm just going to shut up 
and uh, it's hard to follow that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, no, I got look, I sound like shit right now. I, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. All right, we're done. I'm going to end on that note. Too. All right, I'll shut up. All right, thank you very much. Okay, <laughs> fini, fini, fini. C'est fini, c'est fini. Let me show you All right, thank you so much. Merci, Bac. All the best to you. Merci beaucoup, Bac. Mais de rien du tout. Okay. C'est tout à fait normal. À la prochaine volta. À la prochaine. Okay. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you Ginger. So thank you, J-Rock. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.